This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Built by Bama online podcast presents Daybreak for Monday, April the 13th, 2020. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, here with you on Daybreak three times per week. Uh, Man, we had a crazy Sunday night here in Tuscaloosa. If you haven't heard already, perhaps you're in the Tuscaloosa area. If you're in the state of Alabama, really the southeast in general, you know exactly what I'm talking about with the tornadic conditions across the southeastern region of the United States. We certainly hope each and every one of you out there got through what is already difficult circumstances. We're already dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic, and on top of that, We get some very severe weather on Sunday into Sunday night. I can tell you right here in Tuscaloosa, in fact, right out in our neighborhood in northeast Tuscaloosa, Lake Tuscaloosa, that area, uh, we caught pretty much the full brunt of what came through here on Sunday night. Uh, You know, 2011, for, for our family anyway, we've been here as a family since 2003, that's the benchmark of you know what a severe weather situation can obviously be like that just unbelievably destructive tornado uh, sequence that we had on April the 27th 2011 I can tell you this though back then based on where we're situated in our neighborhood where we reside in northeast Tuscaloosa it didn't even really register with us as big as that tornado was and as much damage as it did and as much devastation as it inflicted upon the Tuscaloosa community out in Northeast Tuscaloosa, you weren't as aware of it, but I can tell you last night, Sunday night, what we had here in Tuscaloosa, you could kind of hear what was going on. It was close to our house and, you know, kind of checking around on social media and texting around. I know the wife was doing some of that last night. Uh, some people we know impacted, not in terms of injuries, thankfully. That's most important. Uh, certainly, you know, not to the extent of anything like, unfortunately, we, we, we saw there in Mississippi on Sunday, tragically. Uh, but there was some some trees down, some trees down on some homes, uh, but nothing that can't be fixed. So that's what we're thankful for most of all. And again, we hope that you've gotten through uh, this stretch here in, in fine fashion. A lot to get to on the podcast on this Monday. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll be joined by Charlie Potter. Does an outstanding job for us at BamaOnline.com covering the Alabama Crimson Tide. Charlie and I are going to lay out a case for Najee Harris becoming Alabama's career rushing leader in 2020. It's not all that far-fetched. We'll talk about sort of the way it sets up for Najee Harris, what he needs to do, kind of look back on how Derrick Henry with that crazy productive 2015 season was able to come from way back in the pack on the career rushing 
numbers list and take over at the top spot from Sean Alexander. So we'll do that with Charlie coming up here in a little bit on the podcast. It was a, another good Friday. It was a great Friday. It was a good Friday. It was a, a good Friday for also Nate Oates and the Alabama men's basketball staff. Jordan Bruner, the grad transfer from Yale University up in New Haven, Connecticut, follows through and makes his intentions known that he will join the Alabama Crimson Tide for his final season of collegiate eligibility, that 2020-2021 team, really starting to take some shape, isn't it? You know, you didn't have the best of news maybe from that early signing period. Keon Ambrose Hilton, a nice pickup in the early period. Uh, missed on a guy or two. Then you get word that you're going to have Kyra Lewis Jr., uh, all but certain to make that move to professional basketball projects as a first-round pick for the NBA draft coming up this summer. A likelihood that John Petty's played his last game and is looking to also make the jump to professional basketball. You've got Herbert Jones sniffing around that NBA draft process. You're hopeful that you get Herbert Jones back. But man, the news here in the last two weeks has been nothing but positive for the most part. Certainly when you talk about new additions, Keon Ellis coming in from the junior college level, Josh Primo, a five-star combo guard, uh, Darius Miles, a very athletic 6'7 wing type with upside, and then again, Jordan Bruner from Yale coming in as a 6'9 post, a guy who averaged nearly a double-double in the Ivy League during the 2019-2020 season, can shoot the three a little bit, 32% shooter from beyond the arc, good free throw shooter. Alabama fans like to hear that when it comes to free throws. Can protect the rim, and as important as just about anything else, if not most important, he is going to give you consistency, you would think, on the backboards as a rebounder. So, Things coming together nicely, even with the likelihood of Lewis moving on, of Petty moving on, uh, Javon Quinterly gaining his eligibility finally as the transfer from Villanova, looking ahead to next season. Jaden Shackelford, as positive as his freshman season was, you feel good, you feel very good about him. You get Herbert Jones back, hopefully. You plug in Jordan Bruner. You've got Keon Ellis. You've got Josh Primo. You've got six, seven, eight guys when you start talking about James uh, Rojas, who had to sit out the this last season with the knee injury. Also, Jawan Gary in that same boat. A lot of, a lot of potential candidates for minutes, and that's only going to make some guys, you would think, it's only going to make some guys who did see the court in 2019-2020 have to take their games to an even higher level. Perhaps this will push some returning players to ramp it up a notch. You're still going to have to figure out some math if uh, Herbert Jones comes back as well. Some natonomics, as I like to call it, will have to sort of uh, be sorted out here. But right now, coming up next, we're going to check in with Charlie Potter, a friend from BamaOnline.com. We are going to make the case for Najee Harris as Alabama's career rushing leader at some point during the 2020 season. That's coming up next when Daybreak on a Monday returns right after this. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. 
This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. And so let's do it. Let's make the case for Najee Harris as Alabama's career rushing leader following the 2020 season. Travis Ryer joined by Charlie Potter, my colleague there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie, a lot of moving pieces to consider here in this quest for Najee Harris to supplant Derrick Henry as Alabama's all-time leading rusher. It's interesting because Henry... Back in 2015, going into what would ultimately be a Heisman Trophy winning season uh, for the third year junior, he was well back of Sean Alexander on that career rushing list. Going into the 2015 season, Derrick Henry was 2,193 yards behind Sean Alexander. But uh, you're able to make that up when you go for over 2,200 yards in a season like Derrick Henry did. And so... When we talk about Najee Harris and this pursuit of Derrick Henry's career rushing total, I guess it doesn't sound all that all that far fetched, does it? It doesn't. And uh, you know, Derrick Henry had some really talented backs uh, in the backfield alongside him, which Najee Harris will have uh, this season. You, you look at everybody's back essentially. That uh, from a top three perspective, you'll have Najee, Brian Robinson, and Keelan Robinson. I know. Uh, Jerome Ford has transferred to Cincinnati, but you also welcome in Trey Sanders, who was a guy that I think entering the 2019 season, you and I and everyone else expected to have a pretty prominent role in this offense. And on top of that, you have three true freshmen coming in, and um, you know they're, they're talented in their own respect. So there's a lot of uh, mouths to feed, but we've seen, um, or we saw last year, how Steve Sarkeesian really leaned on Najee Harris, especially when Tua Tagovailoa went down and. You, know, you don't have Tua coming back this year, and I, I know Mac Jones showed that he's certainly capable of leading this offense. But you like to have a running back like Najee that can just, um, you know, take carry after carry and get stronger as he gets those carries. So, um, you know, he's sitting here, I think, at uh, 1,214 yards shy of, of Derrick Henry's record. Last year, he rushed for 1,224, so it's certainly in the realm of possibility. Uh, he did that last year on 209 carries, and he's 220 carries away from tying. Uh, Derek's career record for um, carries in a season, which was um, 602. So he, what he did last year, if he can somehow duplicate that from a rushing perspective, I think he could do it. It's just now there are a lot more mouths to feed from a running back perspective um, you know, that he's going to have to kind of jockey around and, and try to get his. Yeah, you talk about the yards per carry. That's huge with Najee. This is a guy who for his career – you know, right around 6.1 yards per carry. I mean, that's going to challenge some all-time marks in that category by itself. I mean, that's an enormous number. That's a big number at 6.1 yards per carry uh, with nearly 400 career carries already, as you sort of outlined there. That makes it even more impressive. Sitting a guy who's done that on just 100, 150, 200 carries, uh, he's well into the 300s, approaching 400 career carries. And so, if you do the math on it and he kind of sticks with that six yards per carry average and he gets the same number of carries that he got a year ago, which is you, as you pointed out, 209 totes a season ago, that puts him at 
1,254 yards for the 2020 season, and that would push him past uh, Derrick Henry. Now, let's talk about some sort of moving pieces in all this. That sounds easy enough just to do the math like that. But first of all, we don't even know what kind of season we're going to have in 2020, Charlie. And um, so I ask you the question, let's say it's a modified season. It's a shortened season. Uh, With what this guy is able to do on the opportunities he gets with those yards per carry, could you envision Najee still getting there if it's something less than a 12-game regular season? It it depends on what they do with the postseason because, say, if they take away, um, you know, the – everything but the conference games maybe you still play the usc game at a, at a later time who knows but say you only play the conference games well alabama will have eight of those if they still keep the postseason as is they have an sec championship and alabama you know does what it needs to do and gets back to the college football playoff that's three extra games so that's 11 last year he did this in 13 so he's gonna have to you know make up some ground there but um, yeah, that's that's the big question in all this, just because we don't know what college football is going to look like in 2020, if it's going to happen at all. And, um, you know, I think they're going to try to do everything they can to make it happen. But um, if it is shortened to where they're only playing SEC games from a hypothetical discussion standpoint, it, it's going to be tough. Um, you throw in maybe that USC game. Uh, maybe you get one of those uh, non-conference games against, a you know, a Georgia State or a Kent State. Uh, in there somehow then it's certainly possible because he'll have you know the same amount of games uh, to work with as he did last year that is if you know the the sec championship game is still on the table if college football playoff happens and everything like that you imagine it would so uh and that's that's really the the biggest hurdle i think and i know that's the word that Najee harris likes to uh use but it's really out of his control of what's going to happen. If he can just, if he can do exactly what he did last year. Um, and I think now that he has that season under his belt, he's certainly capable of it. And you also factor in that the offense will be a little different because you don't have those four yeah. stud wide receivers to, to share the ball with. Then he's certainly capable. It's just, you don't know how many games he's going to be given, uh, especially from a regular season standpoint to work with. So that's the that's the biggest asterisk, I think, in all this to me, because we've seen he can do it. Uh, I know there'll be other backs in the mix, but y- you don't know how many games he's going to have to work with. Yeah, even if, this, if the schedule is reduced, even if it were reduced to just conference games, you'd still feel good about this guy's chances because we saw him do some of his very best work against the very best defenses that Alabama faced last year. You talk about rush defenses in 2019 in the Southeastern Conference. Texas A&M was up there. LSU was certainly up there. Auburn was certainly up there. And each of those three games, he went over the 100-yard mark, averaged no fewer than 5.4 yards per carry in any of those three games, was just lights out against LSU, 19 carries for 146 and a touchdown average right at 7.7 per carry. Uh, I guess the point is, as the season wore on two, this is a guy that got stronger and stronger. How many times do we see back seem, seemingly hit a wall uh, as they get more of the workload? Najee seemed to respond to that in a very positive fashion. He did, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that we, – we talked to him a couple of times, and, and Najee was almost um, upset with the questions about – um, you know, how he's improved and everything because he was just finally getting those opportunities and showing what kind of back he is. He's similar to Derek in the fact that the more carries he gets, the better he gets or the better he plays. 
And I, if they do think, though, um, there, there's a lot of similarities between Najee and Derek. They're both big backs. Uh, they can take uh, a heavy workload, and they do improve, it seems, as the games as the season goes on. But I think the one thing that might hurt Najee in all of this is he's more of a receiving threat out of the backfield, where Derek, you look at that 2015 season, he only caught 11 passes. And you know Najee, I think, led all running backs in the country in receiving touchdowns last year. So that's going to take a little bit. Uh, away from that but um yeah I, I think that just the way he's built um and really i mean we, we talk about the carries i mean he he has significant uh, carries for his career but there's still a lot of tread in those tires especially from a college standpoint and uh, i think they would be willing to lean on him at times if they need to from an offensive standpoint and he's shown that he's certainly capable of, of handling that workload so um yeah i mean from a from a perspective of can he do it against tougher competition, maybe only playing SEC teams in 2020, uh, I think he proved that uh, more than enough last year. And it is a very talented position, especially with the three newcomers joining that mix. But sort of that anticipated shared role with Brian Robinson mm-hmm. last year, that dissipated by about the midway point of the 2019 season. And it was very much tilted in favor of Najee Harris and even with these talented guys coming in even with Trey Sanders the hope being he's good to go ready in his second year the former uh, top overall running back recruit for the 2019 recruiting cycle Alabama goes into this season I think obviously knowing that Najee is the guy they're going to get the football to a good bit I think you touched on it earlier too the sort of style of this offense, the approach of this offense with Tua no longer here, with uh, a couple of those wide receivers moving on, um, it, it not necessarily goes back to, say, Trent Richardson or even Derrick Henry in 2015. Uh, but I think Najee, if he's healthy, he can count on in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a normal 12-game regular season, he certainly could. He can count on, I think, 200-plus carries again and that's before we talk about this offensive line Charlie I mean when you consider this scenario here and you think about what Alabama brings back up front you gotta like what he's gonna have to work with there oh yeah absolutely I mean you're you're looking at a season when you're having to replace the best quarterback in your program's history and Mac Jones showed that he was certainly capable of leading this offense last year but you have four of the five starters on your offensive line returning and you can you have some young guys that are waiting in the wings that are that you feel good about that can you know find a find a home somewhere on the offensive line. They have position flexibility, so they can mix and match things there. But you know if you're if you're Steve Sarkeesian and you know what you have up front, you know what you have in the backfield. Uh, there's a little bit more of a question mark at the quarterback position, and you don't have you know Judy and Ruggs there anymore. You, you feel good about uh, Devontae Smith and, and Jalen Waddle, but you know what you have from a rushing perspective, and uh, I think that they would lean on that a little bit more. I think it's still a balanced approach, but um, yeah, it's it, with a full slate of games, you know, Najee can get a thousand yards. Um, the interesting thing is you, you look at last year, and you already mentioned it. The the discrepancy in carries between he and Brian Robinson was more than a hundred. And I think going into the season, nobody would have guessed that would have been the case. Uh, and then now you add Trey Sanders to the mix. Um, and, and you're going to look at by Brian Robinson's um, role being decreased a little bit and you take some carries away from Najee, but you get those back a little bit because you don't have, you know, four first round wide receivers on the field yeah. and you have those offensive line linemen coming back. So, um, 
we've mentioned a lot of different variables, whether it's <laughs> all of the different players, a, a shortened schedule, and you know maybe looking back at a uh, or looking the offense looking like it did a, a few years ago. But it all kind of comes back to Najee can do this. Um, it, it's just it's going to be indicative of what happens with the schedule. But with what they have coming back up front and the questions they have surrounding the the passing game uh, more than they had in the last two years, I think that he's certainly capable of doing this again in 2020. Yeah, I just keep going back to the yards per carry with this guy, and it's made even more amazing when you consider, you know, he averaged 5.9 a carry in 2019, and that's a healthy number, and it's especially a healthy number for a guy who had zero runs of 40 yards or more last season. That's just amazing yeah. to me. Now, he all he did have some some receptions uh, uh, in excess of, of 40 yards, I believe, but uh, just in terms of carries. He had 46 runs of 10 yards or more. He only had two of 30 yards or more. But this is a guy who can absolutely make a living in that sort of 10 to 15 to 20-yard range. Uh, he racks those up, and absolutely, with what this offensive line returns up front and more of what the approach might be like, uh, might be kind of, pound it more and then take some shots off play action at least early on in the season uh I, I think so and it's it's also interesting too when you look at these all-time stats for Alabama and you look at Najee going into this season and you see him there 15th on the career rushing list and you think wow you know that's that's down the list but again we talked about Henry and how far back he came from in 2015 to get to that top spot ahead of Sean Alexander so uh, it doesn't sound all that far-fetched when you hear that with Najee Harris and understand that he's really – he's less than a 1,000 yards away from being in the top five of that list. He goes for 945 this season. He's going to move ahead of T.J. Yeldon on that career rushing list. So I think we're in agreement. It's basically about the unknown right now, which is the season in and of itself in a – in a perfect world scenario, and there's you know 12 regular season games and a postseason to go along with it, uh, very easy to envision Najee Harris moving up to that top spot ahead of Derrick Henry. Well, Charlie, that's going to do it for a Monday edition of Daybreak. Always appreciate the input, my man. No problem, man. Always good to catch up. There he goes, Charlie Potter, team reporter for us there at BamaOnline.com. Keep it locked to BOL. Hang out with us there at the roundtable, the premium message board at BamaOnline.com. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.